This is Kaylee, Jenny, and Amanda. We're betrayal trauma therapists experiencing betrayal trauma, and we are not the experts. <laughs> I don't know how to do it when it's recording. <laughs> so I'm right out of grad school. Um, I've been working with SA Lifeline for a while, but then I got hired on with Addo, and I get a client. This is probably like my fifth client or something, couple client. And um, they come in, and she is very heightened emotions, um, very abrasive and aggressive, very anxious about me holding him accountable. Um, and he's like super calm, and he'd had an affair, a long affair. And anyway, and he just, I don't know, like, He's a good guy. I know he wanted change in his life and he wanted to do all the right things, but um, I definitely didn't attune to her very well. I didn't create space for her. I was frightened by her anger and aggression, even with my own experience. Like, I didn't, I don't know. I part, you know, partly that was probably me being in denial about my experience at the time, but like, yeah, I didn't really, I don't know. So it still haunts me because she kind of decided like, I'm going to go get my own therapist, I think. I hope she did. I never contacted her therapist and I just met with him for a long time. But I don't know, it still kind of just haunts me how I failed her. Um, and I didn't know, but at the time, how to not do that. But I just wanted to talk about that. So how do we... Yeah, like, how do we see this happening, like, with clients that we get that tell us about hardships they'd had with therapists who just didn't have the education yet? Because um, I do see that a lot, right? We get a lot of clients who've had well, previous therapists. And so I think it's really interesting, this field, and maybe it is like any other field, but, you know, you, you learn the basics at school, and then... And you're not even really, I mean, the basics that you learn are so broad. And then <laughs> I see the eye rolls that we're all agreeing. I mean, and it has to be foundational, right? There's this foundational basic, and then you are launched off into a clinic, and you're working one-on-one -on -one or with couples or whatever, and it's like a grow as you go. And I think that's one kind of anxiety I do have as a therapist is, please, God, is there a way that I could rip the top off my head and dump <laughs> all the information in so that I can have it at the ready when I need it instead of this long, slow process of continued mm. training and learning and practicing and failing and trying. And um, Because the stakes are so high. Like people are, are coming so to you and, and you want to do your best by them. And, and you know, people's lives, people's yeah. brains, hearts. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny too. I always say now, don't underestimate the student therapists or the brand new therapists out, out of school because honestly, they're trying so much harder. <laughs> At least for me, they think about when I was in that stage, I was so anxious that I thought about every single client deeply and I really prepped and I brought that client to supervision and I talked about them 
at the same time, there are so many blind spots that you're just not even, even picking up on. And, you know, even with more experience, we still have blind spots that we're still having to notice and work on still now. But anyway, I, I kind of love the gung-ho-ness of a brand new therapist because they, at least for me, I felt like unhealthily so a failure <laughs> if the couple didn't do well, you know. Now yeah. I've learned to remove myself from, you know, like their their result. But yeah, yeah but- it's true. And I mean, whoever is right out of school also has the most update, updated, up to date research and information and education. And so there's that piece too. But I remember I went to supervision once and I, it was kind of right when I was moving into my clinicals and I was like all nervous about it, you know, and I was in a group supervision and there was quite a few people there. And one of the more tenured therapists said, don't worry. You can't screw them up any more than they already are. <laughs> and I was like, what? What kind of advice is that? <laughs> he was like, actually, you can. Never mind. Don't listen to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think what I'm thinking when you talk about that, Kaylee, is there's a lot of trust that people put on in you to hold their space when they come in and sit on your sofa and talk to you about their lives. Yeah. So it's partly that. And I think it's also partly kind of how you were describing. There's a growth period of we get this basic knowledge, but there's also the specialty training, which is so important. And, you know, not every therapist, you know, and it's okay to stay broad. A lot of therapists like to stay broad, but especially with sexual addiction, betrayal trauma, um, to get that specialty training uh, is so important. And so when I didn't, quite have it yet you know I was so brand new there's just some pitfalls that that can happen um along the way and so I don't know I was wondering what you guys have seen maybe with yourselves or other you know you hear from your clients so one example we could talk about that will probably light some fire is like the borderline personality diagnosis or the bipolar diagnosis um I don't know. What are your opinions on that one? I know we've talked about it before, <laughs> not on the podcast, but. She's fishing me out. She's like Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, I'm passionate about <laughs> therapists overdiagnosing times a thousand borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. It is not that common. You know, it is such a huge label. It should not be so thrown around lightly, you know? Um, it doesn't help that you can Google now. Like, that's my favorite. Yes. Hey, I Googled all this stuff, and I swear my partner has this. Especially narcissistic. <laughs> Get that one a lot. Yeah, borderline narcissist. So addicts look narcissists because their addiction puts them in a very selfish place. They're not emotionally present, so they can't attune to others. So they look like they have no empathy, but they actually have tons. They're just stuck in shame. I could go on and on about that. You know, betrayal trauma can look like borderline personality disorder because everything has just been ripped out of the from under you. You have no trust in anyone. 
you're desperate, you're clingy, you might be suicidal, you know, you might be um, gamey and like. Just testing, right? Because you don't trust. So you're just testing everything and everybody. You don't trust anybody. Um, And I also, the way I describe betrayal trauma is it's really an adult attachment rupture, right? It's really the same thing you'd see in a child who's ripped away from their parent and and that complex trauma um you're seeing the same results of an of an attachment rupture um which ultimately hopefully they'll just change the diagnosis altogether and call it complex trauma right for the borderline diagnosis um and so yeah i mean of course you're going to see all these these same things so i totally agree it's it's a nightmare and so therapists will get stuck if they don't understand the trauma part of betrayal trauma and the attachment part right so you could have someone come in and be like oh yeah you know of course you're having a hard time and then you see these ex- extreme quote unquote extreme behaviors of you know chucking your ring into a river or you know mm-hmm. getting out of a car on a busy street and walking in the rain six, six miles or you know smashing a phone with a baseball bat or whatever and go oh yeah she's crazy and pull out the crazy word because they don't understand how deep the trauma is and and that attachment wound is huge yeah and it's just unfortunate too because then they have this label and then they have more shame added on top of the shame already of being betrayed and not knowing and what does that say about me and now I'm getting the message from the therapist that actually there is uh, something wrong with me right right? which which the I guess the sister of the BPD diagnosis would be codependence see yeah I think that word too even though (laughs) I buy into it a little bit. <laughs> I am codependent. Hi, I'm Amanda, and I'm. <laughs> I think we all are a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. But I don't like that it has been used as a, a weapon. A weapon. It definitely has in the past. I think things are changing. But, you know, another cripple with the narcissistic label is because I've had guys come in. And the wife and the husband are like, oh, just so you know, right up front, our last therapist diagnosed him with NPD, you know, narcissistic personality disorder. So just so you know, and I explain, okay, well, you know, we'll see about that. It often just presents like that, but it's really addiction. And when, when, when guys really get in recovery, a lot of those personality qualities do change you know, but let's look into it. But then what happens is I'm trying to teach them empathy. I can see that they're capable, but they're like, I don't do empathy. I'm narcissistic. So then, then they're like off the hook, you know, I don't have to try that. I don't have to. And so now I can just be a jerk kind of it's, yeah, it's almost a get out of jail free card. And I, and I'm just like, well, let's try, you know, you're, and yes, there are some narcissists who are obviously going to be capable, yeah, but just not as frequent as it seems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it kind of is like, uh, oh, here's, here I'm, you're asking me to be vulnerable and it's scary. 
And so instead of going there, which I'm, which I can, I'm just not going to. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's an out. Um, yeah. Here's so another one that I see like um, ADHD symptoms and PTSD, you know? Yeah. There's, uh, there's some mirroring there too, I think. Yeah. And I think that those probably do line up more accurately, right? Because ADHD, what is mm -hmm. it like? three or three to five percent of the population at large have ADHD but like oh my gosh now I'm not gonna remember it a third I think of addicts have ADHD so oh, I mean that's that goes undiagnosed and then the full post-traumatic stress disorder goes undiagnosed for sure kind of gets yeah like yeah I've had a client come in she had major betrayal trauma symptoms and you know first thing I hear I have ADHD or, mm. <laughs> or you're just, you know, super aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. And distractible. Oh, I see and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So getting. Yeah, just, there's the addict side of it, and then there's the tra traumatic side of it. You know? Yeah, I'm following you. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, diagnosis is important in a lot of ways, but also, yeah. it's not my, it's not my number one, I, you know, no. or my even number two, really. A lot of times. Yeah. And you brought up bipolar disorder too, Kaylee. That yeah. Of course. Hot and cold. I mean, betrayal trauma is like one day I'm you're doing great, and one day you got triggered by something small, and it is the end of the world, and can look really unstable. Right. And the rage yeah. piece. I think a lot of a lot of us as clinicians don't know what to do and when the primary emotion that they come they're presenting with is rage um a lot of clinicians just say oh i guess it's you know bipolar that's kind of well and it can be like, triggery right rage is triggery to people yeah so if you're a therapist and and your client gets ragey that can trigger so much from us right like if you've had any kind of issues with it from the past you guys are like all nodding yeah 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 mm -hmm. you know i think rage and anger are one of those emotions that really trigger people that's right that's why it's important for us to have our own therapist yeah well and i think that's a good point that something i've noticed is sometimes if you go to consultation and hope this isn't like drag down all the therapists but just just i guess for people to be aware that you know your therapists aren't perfect and especially with the diagnoses being thrown around to be careful about accepting those but um but what you're saying is that you know oh what I've noticed in consultation is that sometimes you'll go in and you're triggered by the rage and you throw it out there and then the answer from all the clinicians like oh don't worry they're bipolar that's what happens or oh don't worry you know mm -hmm. and I've had that experience before presenting a client that was um had betrayal trauma and um she had you know I was I was saying Oh, I was sharing the client. So, so the husband was with another guy in my clinic and um, we were presenting the case and um, she had done some things that were pretty, you know, on the outside looked erratic. And so he was saying, oh, she's got to get it together. He's never going to get better if she doesn't um, just tone it down, you know, listen to all these things, listen them out to everyone in the room, which was a big room. Oh, wow. Yep. BPD. All right, Kaylee, get on that. 
get on that BPD. You got to get her better. You know, you got to get her managing and, and all this stuff. And, um, that was incredibly triggering for me, as you might imagine. I was like, whoo, that was super stressful. And as soon as I came home, I called my therapist, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think what happened was he was stressed out thinking about it. His client was, you know, didn't like that she did that. And, and so everyone just kind of validated using that diagnosis, like, okay, well, let's label it and then you can go fix it. And it's like, who was people, <laughs> you know, and all good clinicians. Right. But just no one had the training to know that that's what was going on for this client. That's one thing too. I, I love is there's always an evolution happening. You know, we're always learning more. We're always understanding more, you know, research is always moving forward. I think it's, I actually really, really love that. about. There's just constantly new, information, new ways of looking at something, new lenses, new schools of thought, you know, there's a, there's many roads to healing. You know, I, I think, think, you know what, yeah. if you want to heal, like now's the time, because we have more knowledge about how to get better than any other time in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's exciting. We hope that episode was helpful for you. And if it was, please like, share, or comment. We want to remind you that this is not a replacement for therapy, just a helpful resource to help you feel human.